Hi, I'm Amy Tian Yi Zhao, a Chinese living in America, and I'm Meg, an American who married into a Chinese family. We're the host of the Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures, interrupt barriers, and create connections. 大家好，我们是火花电台，一档致力于打破文化边界，偶尔以中英双语录制的播客节目。欢迎你和我们一起用对话启迪思想。用好奇点亮可能。Hello, hello, hey Barbie. Hello, Barbie. I think <laughs> we are here today for a very obvious reason. So we were thinking, we were thinking that now that we mentioned in the previous episode that we are going to pick up the pace, we're going to talk more often. Even though we don't feel like doing anything, we will try to just catch up weekly. <laughs> To make sure that we have something to talk about, and when I was texting Meg this week, it came up to me because I really didn't have anything to to discuss after the very loaded episode last week that we just published. Go check it out、uh, on Tuesday. After that episode, I just feel like okay, that was a really great check in. I said everything that I needed to say for the moment. I cover, we all covered, you know, life relations, our current stand in terms of professions, and just everything.、Uh, and I don't know what to talk about, but it just came to me. I think I was browsing Instagram, and it just came to me like, hold on a second, did you watch Barbie? Which I appreciate the pink sweater. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You have to. And if you see the movie, you'll you'll know why. If you have seen it, you know you just kind of have to get into the. It's a whole, it's a whole lifestyle at this point. It's a whole energy. It、um, really is. Yeah, I. It, it's funny because the day that you texted me that I had just seen the movie the night before, and I I came home and I felt reborn after I saw、mm. that movie. Like the second I stepped out of the theater. I felt like a new person, like I was, like seen and heard in a way that I hadn't felt probably ever. And、mm-hmm. so I'm just so excited to talk about it today. It's this movie is one that is going to go down in history forever because of because of how because of what it addresses and how it addresses it. And I think I saw somebody write something today. Actually, somebody's dad sent them a text message saying that from now on things will be known as before Barbie and after Barbie. And I'm so excited to live in a world where we are after Barbie now. And I'm just so excited to talk with you about it today, and then with all of our listeners.、Um, oh God, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess where I want to start is. When did you see the movie, and who did you see it with? I guess we'll just start.、There. That's a great question. I love it. I think it. that's a great way to start, and then we can just go in from there because I just want to say all the things all at once, and I just want to unfold this methodically because there's just so much to unpack. Absolutely. First of all, you look like a Barbie. I came up, came back from work. I did not dress for it. And to answer your question, though. I watched Oppenheimer first. Me too. Yeah, because、um, <laughs> I booked Oppenheimer two months ahead of time, and、um, 
so that i know that Oppenheimer barbie it was such a big debate in terms of where to start first and i just listened to my gut and went for Oppenheimer two months ahead of time and then when i tried to buy barbie ticket it was all on lock apparently that i think people know the theater people may know that barbie will garner more attention so they're trying to turn it into some kind of part party or you know so the tickets were locked you it's hard to buy ahead of time for barbie it's easy for oppenheimer so that's part of the reason why i watched oppenheimer first and i watched barbie with my boyfriend and he um i also watched oppenheimer with him uh and uh what's the what's the second who who did you watch it with and when when did you watch it and who did you watch oh it with? I watched it two weeks ago on a Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with your boyfriend, which. Yes. Okay. So, gosh, where do we go from here? Because I just want to know all the things now. What so did I guess, you, where did you watch it? And with who? I watched it Tuesday night with my really, really good friend, um, here in Montana. And she, she and I, we were sitting at her house on Sunday. Was it sun? Was it Monday or Sunday? No, I saw it on Monday, not Tuesday. So Sunday I was sitting at her house and she turned to me and she said, um, I, I think we need to see Barbie. I, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I think, I think we do. I was going to ask you if you wanted to go. And she's the one person around here that I really wanted to go with just because I just feel like her and I just, she's a friend where I just feel like it's just like so easy. So like effortless kind of thing. Like we're, there's just this understanding and, um, of just like different things. And so we went on Monday, we like snuck up the theater. I don't have a movie theater where I live. I have to drive mm-hmm. 40 minutes to the theater. Damn. And Dedication. yeah, I had to see it. So, um, so we go up there and we saw it together and I, she, I mean, when we walked out, she and I both turned to each other and said, that's probably one of the best movies we've ever seen in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just, Oh my God, I can't believe, it. but like you, I did see Oppenheimer first too. Mm-hmm. And I saw it with my husband and he was interested in seeing Barbie, but it's just like the schedules did not work out. And I'm, I'm going right. to make him go with me. Um, yeah. Cause I'm going to go see it a million times over now. Um, yeah. But I wonder it's, I think it's almost poetic and interesting after having seen Barbie now that a movie like Oppenheimer came out at the same time because I think it further illustrates some of the, some of the things that were pointed out in Barbie, like for So I guess before we go any further, we should tell everybody if you haven't seen the movie and if you are planning on seeing the movie and you don't want it to be spoiled in any way, shape or form, which I highly recommend. I didn't even watch the preview before I went, mm-hmm. um, stop listening now and just come back later. Um, Mm-hmm. when you've watched it. Cause I don't want to spoil anything for you. And it's something that should not be spoiled. Um, but okay. So I think everybody will have left by now, hopefully who needs to, but Oppenheimer is a movie about blowing up things. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very, uh, targeted towards the male audience. I feel like, I mean, I went, I, th- I think it's an interesting historical story with a lot of 
background and all of that. But I, I don't know if it's talking about anything that's so important right now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And also Mm -hmm. I feel like there's like, why is destruction entertaining too? Mm, 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 mm. I love that. I I think it's a very interesting point because I loved Oppenheimer. Did you? And I'm such an Oppenheimer. I, 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 again, I loved Barbie too, hence why I'm here. Mm -hmm. But first of all, I love Killian Murphy. Um, that just, that's sight. He was amazing. Not related. (laughs) He was amazing. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I had such a deep feeling after watching Oppenheimer because Oppenheimer is this person who I did not hear about at all before I heard, uh, after this movie. And then I, I felt it was so, it hit me differently because he was such a, Aside from the morality of whether, uh, if for for audience who don't know, which I assume that by this point you you should have already known what we were talking about. Those who haven't watched or are not familiar with the movie, you're probably out already. But Oppenheimer is this person who um, is a it, it, the most important scientist who developed the nuclear. Uh, bomb, and yeah. he issued the Manhattan Project, uh, which directly hit, uh, which was uh, when the U.S. hit Japan with two bombs, uh, Hiroshima. So uh, that's not very precise, uh, but uh, it hit me because I just think it was no matter how a person can, how smart he or she is, how much accomplishment that he or she may have done has done throughout his or her career ideology and politics are always behind their intention and especially when they're extremely smart you will be put on a different type of pedestal that you will never be able to justify yourself the american government yes. was uh questioning Oppenheimer on his political standpoint Uh, even after he proved that he is extremely loyal to the American government by his achievement. And it just made me feel so almost helpless. Aside from the gender point of view, I just think Mm. that, you know, it's, it's relevant because even today you see things that are similar. Some, some person that is, achieves a lot of the things in life, you get questioned by other aspects, you get questioned by the past that is not relevant to what you are going to achieve or what you have already achieved. And it's just never enough. And people who are so much less smarter than you will question you for that. That's and so true. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that is such a lonely, he is already so lonely. I'm not trying to justify what he has done because he does have blood on his hand, but it's he's already so lonely because he is the person who is so engaged in this project that killed like so many people. And that that thing only alienated you from the rest of the humanity already. And then you get questioned for for all that ideology things. It just um, that that was really bleak. So uh, that was my feeling afterwards. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree with you on all of those fronts in the sense of like what, what he, what he accomplished, what he did. And I think too, I I didn't know anything about him before either. 
which mm-hmm. I think it's so important to give faces to the names of history, especially the names of history that we haven't heard of and how, yeah. I mean, he forever changed the world. And I did appreciate how in the movie they acknowledged, um, or he acknowledged just how, how there's no going back after this moment yeah. and the way that the government kind of forced him, almost forced him down this path for yeah. their, at the expense of himself for their own gain. And then like you were saying to be questioned. And there are so many scenarios of that going on. I mean, probably happening right now that we have no inkling about that. We may hear about years from now as well, yeah. but, um, it's definitely a very important story. And I think it was a great movie too. I love, it was so beautifully put together and, um, just all the, uh, the cast was incredible. Like yeah, Blunt great too, actors. she killed yeah. it. Um, I guess the theme that I think I'm in contrast between the two movies, I think where I'm coming from is like that it further, like just the irony of like a movie like that coming out at the same time as a movie like Barbie, like I guess perpetuates or like just not perpetuates, but reiterates like the, a theme that Barbie was hitting on about how it's mm-hmm. such a man's world. Yeah. And you see that in Oppenheimer's like personal relationships, you see that in like what the whole, what he was working on in the first place. And, um, with the Barbie movie, like the way that they, first of all, every part of it is absolutely executed beautifully in the mm-hmm. most delicate poignant way possible, I think. Mm -hmm. And in a way that like, I don't think anybody could argue or disagree with what, how they, how they presented like life as pretty much everyone in the world knows it. Um, when it comes to like the patriarchy and when it comes to how gender different genders are treated in society and, um, So for a movie like Oppenheimer to come out at the same time as a movie that has such a pointed perspective on the reality of what it is to be a man or a woman in the world is so interesting Mm -hmm. because you see, like, for example, in Oppenheimer, I mean, he falls in the trap of the patriarchy himself. Like, yeah. And that's, and I think that's, what's just that, um, the line to draw between the both of them is so interesting. Like the way that that movie reflects like the themes that Barbie brought up. Yeah, I, the cons- conspiracy theory part of me <laughs> believes still that I think the marketing team between these two films talked. Oh, I hope so. As a marketer, I, I that believe- would make my day. I know, like uh, there's a part of me, I know there is no record, nor that it, nor is it, does it ever matter because you know it's fine it's whatever but yeah. it's just that they definitely coordinated a talk or something because this generates discussions and then discussions generate attention and tension generates audience right so Absolutely. it's it's i just think that's pretty remarkable but going back to the men's world uh, scenario i i also want to talk about barbie today with you because i i went through this progression of uh, seeing this movie as a joke to watching this movie and Mm. to feel something and then to to also just see it to afterwards i just kept wondering how much money does mattel make and is this whole capitalism 
it's just like a capitalism scam. <laughs> like oil out the feminism. I know that is not, but it it's just something that exists in the back of my mind. So I will go back from the beginning. Um yes. that when I first saw this film on as a trailer in front of other films. That was a year oh, or so ago. Really? Yes, that was the first time. I knew this movie that was going to come out a year ago before, at least, I think. Because I, I watch, um, I, just, I just like watching movies. And um, the in the US, which is so funny, that is such a US thing, because a lot of people don't do that. I, I, at least in China, I don't think we play that long of a trailer ahead of time. Yeah. That was a 15 minutes long. That's uh, like true <laughs> capitalism in the in the movie theater at work, for sure. Like really tell you it starts at a certain time and you have to sit there for like 30 minutes. But yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then um, so I I saw this trailer a long time ago and it was like, what the hell? And then the movie, uh, the photos of them shooting and then the Malibu Beach came out that Mark Roby and Ryan Gosling are orange color in the in the shooting scene. Oh, I think I saw some now that sparks my memory of seeing something from a long time ago, but I don't think I registered like what that was. Yeah, they were like trying to shoot that specific scene. And as people saw oh. it, people were like, this movie's going to be terrible. <laughs> Look at that's what they look like nowadays. And then uh, I was like, yeah, that's terrible. And then there was a sudden shift of, um, of I think, the expectations after it just recently, I would say six months ago, all of a sudden people started uh, I don't know if it's a marketing or the wind just changed or oh it's because the second trailer dropped the longer trailer dropped um and it was as a reference of the 2001 odyssey you know it has a reference of space odyssey it has like you know a lot of references of um the the barbie as a doll and a toy and it kind of gave away the whole story to be honest it, it, it always so funny that we always say that you know this episode is going to be a spoiler but at the same time I think if you just watch at the trailer, you kind of know what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I I was like, okay, I kind of started expecting the movie to come out, and then it came out. We saw all these parties. There's Barbie slumber parties. There's Barbie brunch, and then you see this army of people dressing in pink going to the theater. It was all cute until it got obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still really wanted to watch it. My boyfriend really wanted to watch it. And he snacked the two tickets, uh, one of the last two tickets uh, in wow. this random theater. Yeah, on that specific weekend. It was the second week after it came out. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And then you have to line up uh, 40 minutes beforehand in this theater because the seats are not assigned. So oh, Wow. Yeah, you, normally the seats are assigned, but then it was only this theater that play Barbie that hasn't sold out yet. So we had to be there early to just line up for for this film. And then we watched it. So when I was watching it, especially towards the end, it, it, it really, you know, the story tied back really well. And uh, I did have a great time watching it. And it did hit me. I'm sure that we will dive more into it as the conversation goes on. But then afterwards, uh, a couple of days later, I just I just had this thought. I'm like, 
because I started having this Instagram ads coming up on my phone everywhere as mm. bar as motel working with someone else um this Barbie uh collection of toothbrush for example and it's everywhere from shoes to food and mm. all these ads start coming out and I was just thinking uh this is weird. I mean, I get it, but how much money are you getting from this movie? And then I took a look at Mattel's executive board and guess what I found? What did you find? Just male. Um, a lot of men in the company. All men. So, yeah, so, like, not, all, not all men, but like, you know, the movie is what it is. But then in reality, it is... Uh, like the founders and all that they they are all male pretty 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 male not dominated but like it it does give up that very conventional corporate vibe so that was my progression i'm done thank you (laughs) i'll be gone i i love hearing about your experience though seeing it in your take and um yeah. I, even though I think the thing that's interesting though, with this movie, it's the first time I think when they let the directors and writers have full creative control over the whole movie, yeah, which sheltered it in a way from, cause like this movie, I think the reason I hear what you're saying. And I also think the reason too, it's doing so well is because of the authenticity of the content. It it's not a movie necessarily written to make money. The marketing, I think it yeah. is absolutely, but the marketing as a marketing marketer and from a marketing perspective, the marketing around this, if you, if you dive into this, to what's happening in the movie and that very authentic storytelling and the way that they captured the whole everything about the movie, but then also look at it from the historical reference of Barbie and the marketing that has, that has historically been around Barbie since Barbie became Barbie. Yeah. It almost makes it easy to, yeah, just, right? to, to line up all these marketing things. So I think the movie, even though there are these different factors that play, I think the movie like is one of those movies that had no problem selling itself. But yeah, I also yeah, 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 yeah. think that it's the reason why it's so, so popular and hits home is because it struck a chord with women in a way that I don't think has ever been struck before. And mm, it pulled at so? something because when I watched this movie, I was like, I mean, from moment one, I was like laughing but not laughing because I thought it was like funny. I was laughing because, oh my God, this is so true. And it is funny because of that, but also laughing in a way where it wasn't that I was being made fun of. It was as a woman, it was, I was being seen as a woman and being embraced for being a woman that I am with no adjustments that necessary for me to make, to be seen and to be heard in such a way. And I think like, honestly, like, I mean, and just little tiny things where it was like, Oh, like if you're a woman, if you were a little girl that ever played with Barbies, you would, you would get that. Like, yeah. Like for example, like when she like, they're like, yeah. And like Barbie doesn't like ever go down the stairs in her dream house. She just floats off the top. Yeah. I know those little moments. 
just those little tiny things, but also the larger, the larger, larger, uh, picture at play was the moment when America Ferreira's character gave her monologue. I think that was Mm -hmm. like the key moment of the entire movie. And I did see a little bit of that before I went, but when I saw, when she read that monologue, I just started crying because I was like, thank you. Like, thank you for saying this out loud. Like, this is something that I don't think like any of us have ever been able to say out loud because we've been so conformed into this world that really isn't built for us, Mm -hmm. um, in a way. And it felt like a reclamation of what was ours, because I just feel like in, in past episodes, we've talked about our different experiences. Um, I think it was in the woman series mm-hmm. when we yeah. were talking about like, for example, like when I was working in the tech industry, like I shared those stories about how, like I started to shift my style or I started to change my, like I cut my hair, like all these different things. And I didn't need to be anybody else, but what I wanted to be, whatever that looked like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but America Ferrer's monologue, I almost want to read it if that's okay, just to like, yeah, totally. Context. Do you have it? I do. I have yeah. it. Cause it just touched me so deeply. Can you tell the audience where, uh, just a brief background on where specifically that she said it and yes. what she is in the film? Yes. So this is kind of, I would say this is mid film. If you like look at it from like a story perspective, this is like the apex of the entire film. And, um, it turns out that like, so Barbie goes into the real world and she comes back and she's in Barbie land with, uh, I think America Ferreira's character's name is Gloria. Yeah. The mom who used to play with dolls and envision, uh, a doll. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. And she came back with her and they realized all the Barbies there were like programmed, like, like had lost themselves basically, Mm -hmm. which also is such a poetic moment. They had lost themselves in this world that the Kens had created. So Mm -hmm. you see this shift where they're just like, so satisfied with serving beers and they're so satisfied with trying to be one of the guys. How many times have we all Mm -hmm. as women, like found ourselves in those positions and like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many stupid jokes I've laughed at that I thought weren't funny or that I was the one and like any type of scenario to go grab drinks for people or whatever, because it's like, yeah, it's somehow ingrained in our society that women are the ones in meetings who are supposed to take notes and women are the one who are supposed to serve people and get drinks and do all. And like, that's, I guess like Barbie land before it got destroyed a little bit for a second by Ken's is a different world that Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, just feels easier to be in as a woman. Um, but it's Mm -hmm. also, as the film pointed out is not the world that is best for everyone, I guess you could say too. And they kind of get to that at the end, but anyways, they figured out. So she gives this monologue because Barbie is like spinning out of control, having a crisis, like depressed, like laying on the floor. And also I loved that they called she she's sitting there in the middle of this room with weird Barbie and mm-hmm. she's just crying. And she said, she doesn't know what to do, or she just doesn't know. She just feels helpless. And 
there have been so many times as a woman where I felt that way, where you're just mm-hmm. crying on the floor and you're like, even though it's all silly and it's like Barbie, like these moments are so real and so personal to us. Mm-hmm. So America Ferreira's character, I think her name's Gloria looks at her and says, which this is like where I just started crying. Um, and she said, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you have to be thin, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but always, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says, thank you. And it turns out in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people like, so, so, so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll, just representing women, then I don't even know. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you feel when you heard that monologue for the first time? Uh, I saw that monologue before I came to the movie. Unfortunately, I got a spoiler because I got a lot of spoiler because that was also the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this film today because this film uh did not get a lot of screenings in china but it was launched in china and it's Mm -hmm. still being launched in china and what happened was based on my limited research on social media uh and get served by algorithm was uh among the chinese audience who watched the film a lot of the male audience left the film really? in the midway not Are a lot maybe a few wow. yes but some of them may think it's too politically correct especially when it comes to this speech some of them left some of them think this is ridiculous and just left left their girlfriends left whoever they watched this film with left it halfway through wow. and there's also other half um well not half maybe some uh that male audience that left with uh, just confusion they do not understand why people laugh, why female found it funny. And um, maybe it came from a point of view that they don't play with dolls. They have never played with dolls when they were young. So they don't understand why it was funny when a Barbie flew down from a house. Mm-hmm. Or it was a blessing based on my opinion and understanding is because what a blessing that you don't know how funny it was. Like what a blessing oh, God, that you yeah. are ignorant. Like you don't know what happened that, because you have never experienced have experience. anything. Yeah. Like you don't know. Oh. You don't know why this is funny. Good for you. 
Good for you. Like, like this is actually this is the lucky. Point. Yeah. This is the point. Yeah. It's the point. And then it was just funny that you will never understand. Right. So that was the other half. Now, mm. wow. um, so when I saw that monogra- uh, monologue, because that monologue was uh, being made into not memes, but just photos online and people yeah. started posting it everywhere. So I did see it. And when she said it, my first reaction, not going to lie, was, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, there's the monologue. Um, the there's the there's a speech. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and it's true, and I do it all, and I I'm we are all following through it. We are all trying to work out to be thin, but in the name of being healthy. Um, and then it just made me think: Why do we hate each other? Why do female hate each other? We conquered so much we have already done so much we climbed the ladder we we jumped the hoops right and then it came up to me it's because maybe part of the reason is because who have done all these like and turn out to be quote unquote better than everyone else look down upon those who don't even put in the work look down upon the person who's giving the speech because what we all acknowledge the problem here but did you tackle it i think it's because the game is already unfair but those who played it and beat it may look down upon those who haven't even played it and beat it and it's all between females i don't know if it makes sense but then it it kind of escalate the competition between ourselves but who creates who creates the construct to pit us against ourselves and they yeah i think of course yeah, it's the, the system, you know. Yes, yeah. but then and they highlight that there will in the movie, be person, which is so cool. The, yes, and then there will always be someone who will say, "I do patriarchy better." Did you do it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that there are people out there that they will play the game. They will go out there and they'll, you know, they will be one of the guys, and they'll try and um and I. There's many different ways of survival. I think too. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, like having to conform sometimes are some women's only option for survival, you know, yeah. in, in many scenarios, but I really do appreciate that. Like they flipped it and like turned it yes. on the men and the Barbies were like, oh, well, um, if we just get them all like distracted with one another and pit them against each other, then we yeah. can accomplish whatever we want, which is a prime. I mean, if there was a man that was ever angry about that, that's what men have been doing to women since the beginning of time, at yeah. least like, in, you know, I can't speak for ancient cultures. Cause I think there, there are some ancient cultures like way, way a long, long time ago where women ruled everything. And there was yeah, matriarchy. I know also, matriarchy. You know, yeah. Yeah. But you know, also uh, there was a speech given by uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, in, I think human rights watch or something way back. And she mm-hmm. said, ju- there was one sentence that she said, she said, just because it was a tradition does not make it right. Mm, just because good. it's old, it does not make it right. Like it no. could be tradition, a good, nice that you kept it, but, but do we, do we still need to conform? And, um, I, I think the film really, it, it tied the story tied back um yeah but the, in reality i just think about people who who 
are such a such a gift for the entire human race are those who beat the system and then still believe that the key is to change shit than to yes. make more people go through the same to prove how strong they are because it, there yeah. are a few there is only a few and how can you do it how can you do it to turn it to make it better to make it easier for other people instead of condemning those who can do it right yes. and maybe it's by maybe it's by creating a film maybe I it's think it, by, in this case absolutely that's maybe where it it's starts. by taylor swift hosting like i don't know how many concerts there are yes you know she's, that's the only she's thing. the real life barbie right now yeah like, like you, you just you but then just to get there just to get to where they are just to get to where taylor swift is it takes an entire lifetime of somebody and and it's might be even so greedy for us to even ask for them to continue changing to do more work but that's just what we need we need those who already beat the system to change it <laughs> yes i i completely agree in that like greta gerwig who wrote this and directed well who helped write it and direct and then taylor people like taylor swift like you're saying like they are like really really big sparks out in the world that are doing the hard but necessary work and even them i think like it is gosh, it's hard. Cause I know exactly what you're saying. Like, Oh, like we don't want to be so greedy and have them like do the dirty work for us. But in yeah. another way, they are in a position to be able to do that. And me experiencing like just watching on social media, how big of a wave Taylor Swift has made in this world with her concerts, like people, she, there's a lot of economic reports out right now that Taylor Swift is like single-handedly like keeping us out of a recession in the United States, which go her. I mean, like she can, yeah. she can do anything at this point. And then also like with this movie, it, I think it offers us an example where there are none, an example, like a blueprint, a map to say, this is how it could be different. And it actually doesn't, you don't have to write this movie. You don't have to be Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. but you can wake up every day and pretend that you are in a world where, you know, you say hi to other women on the street, you treat them like your sister, you don't tear them down, you lift them up. Like you say, thank you when someone compliments you and nothing more, and you own your successes and mm -hmm. you don't apologize for how smart you are, how, um, brave you are, how, I mean, I could go on forever. And mm -hmm. I think like, that is what I really took away is like, and also, also as a woman, not apologizing for embracing your humanity and everything that comes along with that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And the way the movie ends too, like, I just love the way I, I could just, I don't know, but I just think that it offers another way. And also how they, how they, um, presented the patriarchy in the movie. Well, first they presented the matriarchy mm -hmm. with Barbie land. Then they presented, oh, I love when they don't even say that. They just say, then they presented patriarchy, <laughs> patriarchy <laughs> and horses and love horse. Um, love horse and, and doing beach and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but at the end of the film, you get to a spot which I think arguably the most important part of this film is at the end when Ken is having a breakdown 
and he is breaking down in front of Barbie. He's having a meltdown. Mm -hmm. He is telling her how he doesn't know who he is without her. He, and all that whole scene illustrates how the patriarchy is hurting men. Yeah. And that is the key. I would argue, even though it hurts us in the day to day, and it's so obvious how it hurts women, it hurts men more. Yes. It hurts men more. And it isn't in every man's best interest that the patriarchy doesn't exist either. And so I'm almost sad for the men who walked out of the theater because they're so in the patriarchy. The patriarchy has has consumed them so much to the point they can't handle it. And how, and as if you, if you are not able to be vulnerable, if you're not able to own your humanness and be able to have emotions, be able to say, Hey, I have feelings too. I feel like crying. I don't know who I am. I'm having an identity crisis. That sucks. And that's why we have like in this world, we have so many, a lot of like awful, awful things happen in this world as the result Like every time there's a new shooting in America, nine times out of 10, it's a man and Mm -hmm. he's having some sort of issue. Like, where does that go? Where does the patriarchy Mm -hmm. go when it's boiled up inside of a man? You know, it's so funny though, because I was um, looking at the post that a girl made online in China and she was saying, should I be with my boyfriend that he left halfway (laughs) in the film? I was wondering about that. Yeah. And and then underneath the top comments was, did you find him after? Where did you find him? <laughs> yeah. Where did he go? Where did, what do you go? Like, you, where do you go? Because, um, like, where would you go if you get pissed by a movie about toys then to wait for it? It's just, it, it's so funny. But uh, I don't know. I found it really funny. And another thing that I found really funny was there was no horse. Oh, wait, was there a horse? There was, there were, there were horse. There were horses yes. in the film. I just get yes. caught up. There was no horse in a Barbie land. He should have brought a horse back in the Barbie land. Um, but no, it's, that that's also some weird thing that I, I was uh, looking at. But I, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's, we may get very um, complex and we may be overly apologetic sometimes because you were put in the position to learn and adapt, especially our moms when we were doing the moms series. Yeah. Um, you, you become like ultra wired to, to, to handle any situations and to just make it smooth. Uh, and I think because of the situation, sometimes women, uh, tend to be not always sometimes occasionally I'm really trying to make it right I'm struggling here but I just think that women sometimes are better handling uh, complex emotions and then you get yourself out of a very dark place um, nor you should ever be put in that position to do that for yourself but unfortunately that is the fact yeah. because the game is not level in the first place but I think it also sucks for a lot of male who especially those who walked in the middle who walked out in the middle of the film I feel like what they're lacking though in a situation like this is that the, they, they lose a how can I say it elegantly um they, they they lose an opportunity to embrace basic human emotions 
Yes, yes, and yes, to yes. get get in touch with the most basic emotions. It's not vulnerabilities, even. No, it's just, it's just it's so simple. normal. It's so simple to yeah. feel things and and to just embrace it. And for for Barbie to get to where she is, uh, for us to get to where we are, it it may it, it's. It could be like minutes, but I just feel like for Ken to get to where he breaks down, it might take centuries. So, so yeah, and in this case, like it took the whole movie for him. To it took the whole movie, and then it's just like, okay, do you you really need that that long of a time for for you to get in touch with the most basic human experience just to feel like a human? That's also something that people are entitled to. Um, so I don't know. It's sad. For everyone, it is. It is. It's a happy it's, movie. It's <laughs> so, if, it's so good. It's so so good. And I just yeah. If there if there are any men out there who are listening who haven't gone, well, hopefully, if you didn't want it to be spoiled, you're gone by now. Because <laughs> that was a long time ago. But I I feel like every single human being should watch this movie and try. And obviously, though, I do want to talk about this too because. In America, I think it lands so beautifully, you know, because of the, the idea and concept of individualism and, um, having your own opinions and your thought for the most part, I feel like there's a lot of group think going on sometimes, but I am curious from your perspective, how you think this, this lands, we talked a little bit about how it's landing in China right now, but like how it lands mm -hmm. on a global scale, because obviously like culture people's culture and their cultural reference points that they bring into, uh, it, like watching a movie like this, like, how do you think that lands? Because like America is such a different place than, and so mm -hmm. is like places like, I don't know, like, I, yeah, I'm just curious, like on an international level, what, how you think this lands and how is it, is it universal or is culture too overwhelming for this to land in other countries, I don't think the co the the content, the culture is overwhelming, but I think the jokes are very American. I um, would, yeah, I would assume that for sure. Yeah, like especially when it comes to uh, dance offs and all that, uh, it's mm -hmm. very, very American, almost Disney. And yeah. I think in terms of understanding and translating that sense of humor, uh, it's a problem in itself. Yeah. And uh, that is not about, you know, what you're trying to ex uh, express the the whole, uh, is that pathos? I try to put a big word yeah. here, but I can't, uh, of the film. Yeah. Um, or the ethos. I, I think, the, yeah, ethos, pathos, and something. another one. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's hard to understand. And I can see a lot of, because a lot of my friends uh, in China brought their moms to the film. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah. And I don't think the moms get it. <laughs> I bet they got not. the best yeah. part. They got the last part, right? It was, yeah. you know, the, the, you experience your entire life as a woman and that's very touchy, but I think everything in the middle uh, kind of ex escape uh, your mind if you're not American. And um, I think a lot of my friends got it. Oh, a lot of my, again, this is by no means the global perspective. I'm really just trying to put together what I heard from other parts yeah. of the world, uh, 
like my friends groups and um a lot of my friends think it's too politically correct Mm. um uh, a lot of them do think so and to be honest it was a little bit of me in the beginning uh it's very like no surprise um Mm. again this is really not what i said this is my high school best friends but she went twice she went i think she's about to go the third time because you you really resonate with the core idea but the, there's a part of just that political righteousness uh, that she believes and also it, it it's just not surprising. Yeah. Uh, I think how the story ended, how they tied the whole story together was a very nice touch and uh, including like, you know, Ken and how, how the whole story ended was nice. But in yeah. the middle, it wasn't surprising. Mm-hmm. It was okay <laughs> sure more like mm. that um again i don't know how much surprises we are expecting from a dolls movie but uh i think it's just like oh yeah it's feminism we we are supposed to say a b c d e in order to get this part by to to to, to finish this part and i think it's maybe there is a better way maybe there is more but then do we need a better way i don't know to to express those points are they too straightforward i mean they're dolls at the end of the day how how <laughs> so i do wonder though how much of feminism has been politicized yeah i don't even want to go there <laughs> that's, I, a, that's a good question it's a it's a big question and we're not going to answer it today but i think like when we're talking about like politically correctness like yeah. It's almost like another way for quote unquote the patriarchy to say, oh, we shouldn't be talking about that. Or like, oh, you know what I mean? I feel like it's just yeah. another way it's like seeped in and yeah. to, to try and like, I don't know. And at the end of the movie, when they when they wrapped it all up, they really did hit the entire thing from all angles. Like every I feel like yeah. every single yeah, yeah, yeah. every single that, person. Yeah, that's good viewpoint was represented yeah. in this movie yeah. like how all the feedback they really took it all and they spun it into gold they're like here like this is this is what we've been hearing for ever and ever and ever but i think you know there's a couple aside like from the from feminism and the patriarchy and all of that and all those themes that was outlined there are two aspects maybe even three that i do want to talk about um it, they're they're patriarchy adjacent, I guess you could say it's just a, another product of it. But like one of the first moments that I thought was so beautiful. And I heard that this was going to be cut from the movie is when she's sitting on the bench and she looks over at the older woman mm-hmm. and she just turns to her and she's crying. And she says, you are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the other woman says, I know. Mm-hmm. And we are taught and my grandmothers do this all the time. And it drives me nuts because I'll tell them like, Oh, you're so beautiful. Like, I hope to look like you when I'm older. And mm-hmm. they always tell me, no, you don't like my skin's so wrinkly, my this, mm-hmm. that, and the, all this stuff. And it's like, who told you that? Like, I don't know if I don't like, as a woman, like I can't, I don't think I can, especially with where I've landed with myself at, in my own personal growth journey is like, I hope when I get there, when I'm 80 years old and I look in the mirror and I look at myself and I think I'm so beautiful because Mm -hmm. 
somewhere like from when we're young, we're told that we're not, we're told that mm-hmm. we're to this, to that, you know, to whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I, I think it's incredible and beautiful that that scene stayed in the movie, like Greta said, Nope, that scene's staying and mm-hmm, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not taking it out. Um, no, and I think yeah. that that's such a small moment in the movie, but I think it's so important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like uh, there are a lot of, I read an article afterwards. It was, um, why Barbie should be punished. And oh. it's basically saying that the doll, the doll, Barbie, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. um, is basically saying that, you know, the doll represents this and I just idealistic image mm-hmm. of women that make you feel bad about yourself. And that almost is the reason why you shouldn't say yes i know when facing a question like that because are you barbie yet no okay then don't say yes oh and yeah and it's just that very classic mean girl scene too like oh you're so pretty thank you so you agree (laughs) thank you but also like what if we did all believe that we were beautiful what would the world look like you know, what I, I just mean? think maybe it was very, very zero sum game. If, yeah, like if because you have it, then yeah, I if don't. you are, then I don't. Yeah, so which uh, that's also part of not not true, but yeah. you, you're kind of wired into thinking that way, and I, yeah, I I can I can see how, and it's not humble. You should be humble. You should always be grateful. Yeah, be grateful and don't yeah. be pretty. Don't be too pretty because then you know, like yeah. I'll, when people say that you are, you always say no. And that was me. I never wore skirts or dress when I was younger because I just think that I'm not good enough. Hmm. You ask my mom. That's true because I never. I hated skirts and I hated people who wear skirts who are not skinny. I just think huh. you're not. You are not worth it. I will walk on the street and I will look at those people who are wearing dresses and I would laugh at how thick their legs are. Wow. And I would tell my mom, like, how wow. dare she? As a young girl, like, to have mm-hmm. that so ingrained in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. I think it's uh, it's almost self-hatred now looking back because I would never wear a dress. I would never wear skirts because I hated it. And I just think that it should be on people who deserve it. And um, these are just small moments. I may give me a little more time. I can think of more. But... But it's sad because I think, first of all, no, I I shouldn't feel that way. And second of all, I think for audiences, for outsiders, for people who are not wearing skirts, maybe even for men, um, they would think that way. If you see someone who's on the magazine cover and she is not pretty enough, you would think it's maybe it's even your right to say that she doesn't deserve to be on the magazine cover, Wow. but not between ourselves. I don't know. I don't know if that's clear, but it just came up to me that specific moment. Yeah. Like it's so, and it's like something that's just like ingrained in a way that mm-hmm. maybe you don't even know. I don't know. Like, are you saying it, like you're, yeah. you're trying to sort out whether or not like that was something and like impressed upon you or do you or like I think it's both I, I know I, I was just saying that when when I made those judgment on other people I put myself out of the games I put myself out of the conversation and 
I'm observing. Mm, let me think about this. But in short, um, it almost feels like criticizing yourself for your imperfections made you feel like at least I was conscious. At least I am self-aware. At oh, least, like you're trying to exit the game in a way. Yes, I'm at least like I'm think- exiting that I know that I'm better because in this specific situation, because I'm a self-aware individual. Oh. Uh, but that's just that's just so sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you think like there's so many women who probably like maybe will never admit like they've had the same, you know thoughts and Mm -hmm. like the same found themselves in the same places. And I think we all like, and it goes back to that, like being pitted against each other kind of Mm -hmm. thing too. Like, yeah, because by criticizing each other, you may be sided with the more powerful one, which might be not even be in your favor in the first place. Yeah. And it's like, no matter how many, like, and, and the moral of the game is no matter how many times you do that, you're still never going to get to the top. Like you're still gonna, it's still, yeah. Criticizing yourself doesn't give you a higher, like it doesn't make you higher. Doesn't. No. Yes. I think that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh God. That's deep. Yeah. I, that's very, very interesting. I think the other, well, the other two moments that really stood out to me when you were talking about like mothers seeing it with their daughters, Mm -hmm. I think there's a really powerful moment, um, where they're talking, well, they're talking to Ruth or mm-hmm. Barbie, Margot Robbie's character is talking to Ruth almost in this like heaven like place. And she is saying, she said this line and my mom actually mentioned this to me before I went, cause she saw it before me. And it, when she says she's telling the whole story of why she invented Barbie and how it's named after her daughter and all of this. And she said, mothers stand still, stand still. So their daughters mm-hmm. can look back and see how far they've come. And that's so that's yeah. I, I do oh, remember that part that God. was like, took me out of the whole gender feminism, whatever. I think by that one sentence, it's, it's elevated. Yeah. And I think what she's trying to get at what I I've thought about that for so long, what she's trying to get at is like we're talking about that generational work, like how we're trying to change things one generation at a time. And like mothers pass the torch to their daughter basically Mm -hmm. and say, I've taken it as far as I can go. Now it's your turn and you have to run and don't light each other on fire and don't light each other on fire forward, run forward, forward. stay in your lane. (laughs) Don't run towards each other and burn yeah. each other. And that's then, not what a race is about. That's not what it's about. And then when it comes time and you have a daughter, it's your responsibility to pass the torch to her. And yeah. I would argue, pass the torch to your son too. Yeah. And raise him in a way where he is a torch holder as well to move things forward. But, yeah. and then I think one last thing I want to talk with you about is the part where America Ferrer's character, Gloria, even playing with Barbies in the first place that got her into this whole situation Mm -hmm. when she is an executive at a company, Mm -hmm. at a corporation, and she is home and she has a full grown daughter, all that stuff. And she took the Barbies out and was playing with them herself. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me because, and I was 
listening to an interview of her talking about how as girls were expected to set aside our childhood much earlier than boys do because boys are like out there, like at first it's like wooden guns. And then they turn to like these, all these other things, maybe it's not guns, maybe it's like something else or whatever, but they're turning, they still get to like, kind of live out the things that they loved in childhood in many ways, shapes or forms. Mm -hmm. Whereas women, we kind of at like age 10, we're kind of told, okay, like you kind of have to put these things aside now, put them away and you have to grow Mm -hmm. up because now it's time to like, I don't know. And then girls are like, I remember when I, cause I have three younger sisters. And so they were mm-hmm. much younger than me. And when I was 13, I would go home and I would still play like Barbies with them. And it was fun. And I loved it. Would I ever, ever admit to any of my friends that that's what I did after school? Mm-hmm. No, that's so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But why was that embarrassing? I was still a kid at that time. And I should have not mm-hmm. had to have been embarrassed about that. And I love that ever so subtly, they kind of called that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how we're supposed to set that aside. Yeah. No, so that's much just, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I do love that, you know, I never thought about it before, but um, in the beginning of the film, they said that for kids who are playing with dolls for the longest yeah. time, they perform the function as mothers and caretakers. Yes. We're never allowed to actually just be our age. Yeah. And we're I think preparing. Barbie changed the game because yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, I was scared of Barbie when I was young. <laughs> Were you? I was going to ask you, like, did you ever play with them? Like, did you have them? Like, yeah. Oh, and why were you scared? I do have them. I started collecting them afterwards. I, I do have a one, two, three, like four or five. So in comparison to other people, that's not a lot at all. But um, I was scared of them because they look too much like adults. <laughs> mm. Um, I think as a kid, it was so empowering looking back, right? You know, Barbie changed the game. Yeah. But as young children, as a kid, maybe the reason why I wanted to take care of another baby is a way for me to feel like I'm older than I am actually am. Is you're in- empowered in a different way. And but for Barbie, though, I was scared of it because it looks like another person. And I don't want another person that close to me. And it's just intimidating. <laughs> it's like a, an adult. Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. So I really was an adult person. I was not a human person. Like, I don't like a human thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with gender or empowerment on that note. But, um, But yes, I think you know, that's a good point to bring on. And I, I can totally see how empowering it is for, for adults to look back. I don't, I think the scary part too, is kids don't realize it. Like you realize you gear towards certain type of toys, but, yeah, but you don't realize you're being a kid would never be like, that is so empowering. I would love to be a part that she would say it, but then like, it's not the same meaning as we give them today. Yeah. Right. So that is uh, definitely one very, very, very empowering part of it. Do, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Barbie when you were younger? My favorite Barbie? Mm-hmm. Well, I would have to say, like, I had this one. I remember I have a few, but like, I never had like any of like the specifically like branded Barbies. I don't think like I did mm-hmm. have one. She was like a, a quote unquote, like Stacy. 
And Hmm. she was, it was actually a black Stacy that I had. I got her for, um, I think it was like a Christmas at one point and she was a gymnast. So she had like, Mm. like she had hinges in her, she could do all these different shapes. And I loved her. She was awesome. And then I also had this one, my sister and I, we got these ones that kind of came as like friends Mm -hmm. and they were like, they were not like full blown adult Barbies. They were more like, but not Stacy's. They were like somewhere in between like teenagers, I guess you Mm -hmm. could say. Um, and we really loved playing with those it's, but we had a lot and like, we had like a big, my parents like converted this like big, um, shoe cubby thing into like a dollhouse mm-hmm. and had like doors cut in there for like all the little rooms. Oh, wow. and, like, oh that's it, so it, fun. It was so much fun. But even then, like, I think one thing that stood out to me when I was watching the movie is that I realized like when I was playing Barbies when I was younger, I don't know if this is because I was the oldest or whatever. And I'm like used to taking care of my little sisters, but we weren't playing Barbies where we were like doing like, Oh, this Barbie is like a doctor. This Barbie is mm-hmm. doing something like we were making our Barbies like moms. Oh yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that, and maybe they had like jobs and things like that, but like, that was the thing that we always played the most, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Also um, because you guys are families. Yeah, which is true. Yeah. Like when you play within families, not with your friend, that just something naturally maybe you gear towards. I do not want to say that is because again, try to be precise, but you know, they're only sister and mothers in your family. So, right. That's so true. So we kind of act out probably like what we're seeing around us. Yeah. But it is interesting too. Like, I, I mean, I was just thinking about this as you were talking just a moment ago is like, when I was younger though, like really young, I did ask my parents for a doctor's kit because I wanted to play like being a doctor myself because my doctor, when I was little was a woman and Mm. like my pediatrician. So I wanted to be like her. And so Mm. I would actually bring my, so I don't know. I just find it. It is interesting. I feel like that's almost a whole nother episode of like what we did as kids and like how, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost interesting to think about. Yeah. If you can still remember, that would be great, actually. And the, it's so easy to like brainwash a kid. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. That's it's the so other dangerous. Thing. It is. It is. And I think, how do we be mindful about that? Like, you know, and yeah. yeah. And it's just that because looking back, you know, if you can make a film out of it, out of a toy that kids play every day, mm-hmm. there's a whole meaning behind this thing when you first created it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but going back to the film itself, though, I, I, I love how far that we, how many directions that we took this I know, conversation. We took it. It's just so many directions. Um, I, what would you say to people who, who do not understand the film? Mm. I would tell them if they don't understand the film, I would encourage them to seek understanding because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you don't understand the film, you are being severely squashed by the forces of 
the patriarchy and not to be like sounding like buzzwordy or anything like that. Cause like, I feel like we've overused the word patriarchy in a way so much where it's like, people are like, Oh, the patriarchy, like, you know what I mean? But like, that is actually a real thing that is very oppressive to all of us. And if you're not understanding the movie, I think you're being severely oppressed by the patriarchy Mm -hmm. in a way that you're not even understanding yourself. And that breaks my heart because maybe you're not free. Mm -hmm. And I just want freedom for everybody. And I think that like internal freedom, I think is Mm -hmm. the most important freedom we can have. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I would encourage that not in a judgmental way, just like, yeah, gosh, like, I hope you look at that closer if you don't understand or have conversations with people who have different opinions from you and, you know, and go about it that way. But what would you say to somebody? I would say, would you want to, wouldn't you want to, it's like these other people are speaking in a cold language. Oh yeah. That's such a good Don't, wouldn't you want to know? Yeah. Like, why don't you want to try and understand? Yeah. Do you want to, if you want to, you can talk to people who do, and then you will know, but why do you think it's okay? Just not knowing what other people are saying. I want to know. Yeah. Why don't you understand? Like, but don't you, don't you should, it's kind of cool. It's so, yes, absolutely. I think it's like, and also I think if you don't understand or if you don't get it at this point, I don't know. Cause like I, like we were talking about earlier in, in the episode, it's like, there's the world before this movie and the world after. And in a way, not in like a divisive, like group think kind of way, will you be left behind? But I think this is a cultural ref- reference point where it's an, I think it's important to know and understand. And mm-hmm. I think also it's important to under to, uh, to point out too, understanding and agreeing are two different things. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have to agree with everything, but also like with something like this, I would, I don't even need anybody to agree. Like, I just want you to take a look at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because, um, that looks really good. <laughs> it does look really I, good. I right? want, I, I want, I, what is that? I want that. What is this? Oh, it's, alligator. it's alligator. Oh, I love alligator tastes oh, so good. It tastes good. like chicken. But for like, anyone that's the who, best part. It does. It tastes good. I've had it before yeah. once in Texas. My favorite Ken. I know for that anyone, he couldn't hear it. Huh? Yeah, we're live. By the way, I just got meal delivery service. That's the kind of podcaster I am now. I just get food served to me while I'm I on air. It. That's so good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that actually that just did happen. Wait, do you guys have fried alligator in Montana? Yeah. They ship it in really? from They ship it in? I'm having a Do you guys right have alligator? We don't have actual alligators here. Oh. That's so good. Thank you. Um and that looks but, really good. Oh, sorry for the food break. But yeah, there's this no, cup, there's this truck here in Montana that is from the family's from New Orleans and I think they ship Oh, it. really? Huh? They just did, Oh, nice. Love it's it. So good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to eat alligator in China to be honest. I think they're protected. I think but, so. Yeah, but then I ate it here and I really liked it. I feel like we should do more of that. Why do you guys have so many alligators? Sidetrack. But I know. <laughs> cut that out. We have a surplus. Yeah, so or we can leave it in and you can, you can like, have a snack yeah. with us. Yeah. Or you can just like eat it. So many different ways too. And it's like high protein and so lean and tastes like chicken. Exactly. It does. It tastes so good. 
Mm-hmm. I like fried the best. Uh, I I had the grilled one before. I didn't like that one as much as the fried one. Like the fried one is just like popcorn chicken. Yes, that's what I just had. Oh, it's so good. So good. Okay. So good. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um, but, yeah. Sorry about that little interruption, but it was. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm glad that we we get to you know talk about it. And, Me too. Uh, I know that my friends, uh, high school, not high school friends, just people on the internet. Some people are underwhelmed. I was listening to this podcast. Uh, mm. That's also like a Chinese podcast, and that they were discussing this film. Um, some people are un- underwhelmed. Some people think that you know it's too righteous. Um, even I, I do think about it that way sometimes. But I also think to myself that it's better to go overboard because that's the only way for these issues to be heard. Because it's even better to it's better to do everything you can and then maybe push it back if you have to, or just figure out where you're comfortable with along the way, than just not going there at all. And I think for that reason, it did it. The film did it. So yeah, they had to go overboard in order for you it have to. Land. You had you have to. to because in society, in everyday life, it's so subtle that we don't notice it. And that's yeah, and how we are subtle. We learn to be subtle, and we learn to be subtle, and we learn not to call it out. And in many cases, it's not uh, safe for a lot of us to call it out. Or if we yeah, want. not yeah, exactly, it's not safe. I think that's and, yeah, it's not safe. And this movie. I think is offering a safe place for us mm-hmm. to be loud about it. Yeah, um, and our subtleness became the moments that you're laughing at in the exa- film. Oh my God, Amy! Yes, see, that's like those moments that just perfectly described. Like that's what I felt when I was watching those parts. Like I was laughing like every five seconds, but it was not because I was like, I was like laughing because I'm like, Oh my God, somebody gets it. Because when you've been going, when you've been dealing with something for so long, sometimes all that's left to do is laugh. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's not even safe times to laugh about it, like Mm -hmm. out there in the world. And Oh yeah, that's exactly it. And also like, I think, and not only do men need this movie, like back to the men who walked out, do they need this movie to understand how they're being oppressed by a system that they're um, prolonging? But also, when you can wake up to what, if you're in your head, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, or like, I mean, everyone has a mom. So if you can understand not only how this is impacting you, but like how, this is impacting the woman around you and how you might be contributing to it. That's how the mm-hmm. world changes is first step is awareness. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. God, I could just talk about it forever. And I'm so happy that we unboxed all of this. Cause it's so important. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, more people are seeing it and it becomes a phenomenon and, I'm sure that more good discussions, also the bad discussions may come out. And so thank you so much for being here today with me and talk about it. It's a great topic. 
Thank you, you Barbie, like Barbie, for talking with me about it. Yeah. And you literally look like one. That's insane. Oh my it's the, gosh. It's the blonde hair. Oh man. Oh geez. I think yeah. I I love the theme of sisterhood that it really mm-hmm. did portray. And like I my goal in life now is just to like I mean, I hope I already do this, but I just really want to emphasize like treating my girlfriends like Barbies, like Mm -hmm. just, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. anyways, so I greatly appreciate your time and I'm just so happy that we got to do this. Like what a fun episode. And I just, it's really fun. If you have any thoughts or opinions or reactions to seeing the Barbie movie yourself, please write us and tell us what your thoughts are. Um, Cause as always, like Amy and I are talking here and you're listening to our conversation and you are a, uh, inactive member of this conversation at this moment, but this is always an, an open conversation between all of us. It's just that two of us just happen to be behind this mic right now. And you know, who knows, maybe one of you will become a guest someday and you can be behind the mic too, but please, please write in your thoughts. Like, I think this is such a big conversation. So let us know what you think. Um, you can email us at hello spark podcast at gmail.com and or, or just Instagram us Instagram on, or any other social channels, Chinese platforms, um, Substack. If you're not a subscriber subscribe and you can, uh, message us there, or leave a comment, um, on the page of this episode and yeah. yeah. Thank you so much and I'll see you around. Okay. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. If you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Megan Amy, or send us an email at hellosparkpodcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, We hope you have the courage to be the spark.